El Tome on to a new RFM. Cast your fate to the winds. Well, I suppose there are some people at this moment who might be thinking that's a good thing to do with finances or perhaps not. (laughs) (laughs) Barry Preston, as you're listening to Finance on to a new RFM. Okay, joining us today is Gordon Thompson, one of the original directors of Dysol Limited. Gordon is going to tell us about the Australian securities listed Dysol Limited and its unique Dysolar Cell Talk technology, best described as artificial photosynthesis. I think I've done well pronouncing that, Joe. Hello, Gordon, and thanks for joining us. How are you? Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you, Barry, and I'm quite well. Can but, you spell photosynthesis? Pardon? Can you spell it? Yes, P-H-O-T-O. S-Y-N-T-H-E-S-I-S. Good boy. Well, it's in front of me here. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Gordon. Now, Dysol has a unique, and I mean unique, clean energy technology called Dysolar Cells. How can this be best described in simple terms as possible? Yeah, well, uh, Dysolar Cell technology or disensitized solar cell is uh, basically what we classify as a third-generation uh, solar technology. The first generation or the grandparent of solar technology is what you see on many people's roofs these days, crystalline silicon. Mm-hmm. And that's been around for something like you know nearly 60 years. It was first developed for satellites. So the third generation, there's the second generation, which is some more uh, thin film technologies. The third generation technologies are things like disolar cells, organic photovoltaic, and a, a number of um, uh, technologies like that. So we're in that third generation. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that, yes, DSC or disolar cells are, are you know, artificial photosynthesis. Mm. And basically, in, in a plant, you have chlorophyll, which you know, reacts to the sunlight. In, mm-hmm. in a disolar cell, you have a dye. And instead of having leaf fabric, you've got a titania paste, which has been laid down, which is a nanoparticulate. So when, when light... Uh, is present with a disolar cell, the electron uh, is released out of the dye and it's conducted mm-hmm. to the outside world and comes back uh, uh, through an electrical circuit. So it generates electricity, whereas mm-hmm. a plant more or less uses the energy for the, for the plant. So, it, yes, it is a, 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 a interesting technology. We classify it as a solar-enabling technology because it enables some of your standard building materials like grass or, or metal, uh, metal roofing or metal facade products to be turned into a solar-generating technology so the fabric of the building can actually generate electricity. In respect of that, disolar cells, if I said, now, there's a disolar cell and there's a typical silicon solar cell, so is there a, there's a big difference in that, isn't there? Yes, well, one's uh, incorporated in the fabric of the building, the other mm-hmm. one is bolt on. So if you have a look at you know, people's roofs, when they have a, a, a solar panel added, it's, uh, you know, it's framed and it's pointed towards the sun, whereas once disolar cell technology is fully commercialised, it'll be the roof itself is the, the generator, or the grass mm. windows or grass facade will be the generation. So the fabric of the building is actually active. And one beaut thing that I like about it, it doesn't have to have the sun shining on it. No, it's uh, disolar cells are unique in the sense they they operate in all light conditions, so they operate very well in, in real world solar conditions. Mm. So when you talk, people talk about efficiencies of uh, 
crystalline silicon or, or normal solar technologies, they talk about in high efficiencies, but it's measured when you've got one sunlight, which is really bright, sunny conditions, right. at 25 degrees, and the, sun's, the, the light source has to be perpendicular, whereas a disolar cell actually works better, relatively better, at lower light conditions. So it will work well in hazy, uh, cloudy conditions, and doesn't need the sun to be perpendicular. So it means it can be put on the sides of buildings as opposed to having to be on the roof. So it's a very unique company, this uh, Diasol, quite unique in Australia. But I believe it operates internationally with some of some of the large global companies. And, of course, where is Diasol, Diasol's headquarters? Diasol's headquarters is in sunny and beautiful Queen Vianne, which didn't have much of a summer this year. But <laughs> very, very nice now, but, uh, yes, it's... Headquartered in Queen Vianne, but we've got a, it's a global operation now. We've got, um, you know, 40 odd people in, um, in Queen Vianne, so that's most probably the core for a lot mm-hmm. of the R&D activity. But we've got major operations in the UK. We're building up in America. Uh, we've got a joint venture in Korea, and we're operating in a number of other places. Uh, so this, then we have some fairly significant partners we're working with, like in, um, the Tata Steel Group in the UK, and, Pilkington in America, and uh, we do a lot of collaborative work with um, leading scientific bodies around the world uh, to leverage our R&D that's been done in Australia to uh, to leverage that and get mm. access to both some of the best, better brains around the world, but also some of the world-class facilities. Fantastic. Now, how do you determine the cost competitiveness with uh, dye solar cell products compared to other energy sources. Obviously, this is the, one of the main things, isn't it? Yes, it's sort of interesting because that's a really good question. Um, most people are used to their power bills and, uh, and they know how much per kilowatt hour they pay, whether it's you know, 14 cents, 15 cents or 20 cents per kilowatt hour. And then it's been going up and will continue going up. Whereas a lot of the comparisons are often done with you know, central generation where you've got a coal-fired power station that's producing you know, energy at, say, 2 or 3 cents a kilowatt hour. But when it comes to the consumer, uh, they're paying 20 cents. So you've got to cover the you know, distribution or transmission distribution systems and the losses in there and the profit margins. Dye-solar cells basically are applied at the point of use. So where the energy is being used, you're generating electricity so what you're really competing against is what the grid price is for electricity in, in a building and you know our calculations are that uh, you know the level, what we call levelized cost of energy which is the calculation of the capital cost and the operating cost over a, a long period we can be quite competitive in in, 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 in that application you know we the figures that we come up with you know, as we grow into commercialization and scale up, uh, you know, we will be very competitive with the grid prices and where the grid uh, prices are not subsidised, I think we'll be very uh, more than competitive. You know, that's not only us saying that, you know, that it's been, Dysol cells have been identified as a, a, what they call a disruptive technology, which means it's a game-changing technology and will be grid competitive. Here on your RFM at 17 to 1. This is Finance, Thursday Finance with Barry Preston, and today our special guest, Gordon Thompson from Dysol Technology. Gordon is the director of uh, Dysol 
uh, DICOL, and it's listed on the Australian Securities Exchange as DYE. I noticed one of your recent press releases on the DICOLAR cell window installation in Korea. A beautiful photo, actually, but the, uh, it, it's on your website. Very interesting. Can you describe the installation to our listeners and tell us what the possible architectural design applications uh, there may be for this technology? Yes, look, the... Um the project you refer to, and I, I'd recommend everybody look at the pictures if they can, because I think uh, pictures worth a thousand words. Absolutely, uh, it's a demonstration of how disolar cells can be integrated into a building, and it's really a stunning outcome. This is a, a project which was done virtually arm's length, where a grass fabrication company has incorporated tiles produced in Korea uh, by our technology partner there into a window system and it's a demonstration project under the auspices of uh, the government uh, but it's an important step because it shows how a building can have its fabric as an active generator but still looks stunningly uh, attractive and that was that was a particular uh, application uh, for the stained glass window effect but there are other uh, areas which were using more the conventional look of a disolar cell, but gives an idea of uh, how a, a building can be transformed. It doesn't have to look ugly. It can look absolutely beautiful. Mm. Uh, the thing with commercial buildings is that there's the, the wall area, or the facade area, is a, is a lot larger than the roof. So as you right. go, buildings go up, there's a lot of areas you can apply, uh, you know, sort of the grass-based technology uh, in into the building fabric, so it's, it's very important. And, and I think uh, the market, if you give you an idea of the size of the market, it's projected that for glass-based building integrated photovoltaics, which means it's you know, photovoltaics being incorporated in the building structure, uh, is going to grow to something like $6 billion within about four years. So mm. it's quite a large market. Very much so. Gordon, what can you tell us about Dysol's technology being applied to steel roofing? Now, we've been talking about glass, but this is steel roofing, the flat thing on the top of a building. Yep. We're doing a project in the UK with, which was Chorus, but now is Tata, and uh, Tata Colours. They produce what they call um, colour coat in Australia. You know, we call it cover, you know, colour bond. Colour bond. Hmm. Uh, so that is produced in a production line where you've got you know, layers of material put down which are your primers and your, your undercoats and then your painting and your sealant so mm -hmm. it's a product we're used to so instead of doing that uh, what you know, the Tata and Dysol can look at is applying the Dysol the cell uh, as part of that process and producing a roofing product mm -hmm. which, which is a Dysol the cell roof mm -hmm. so it's integrated into the production process so Every area where there's large roof areas, like your factories, warehouses, logistics centres, each of those is potentially a mini power station. Wow. Uh, so there's millions and millions of square metres of you know, uh, colour bond type uh, roofing product produced annually. So it doesn't need a, uh, a very large percentage to become a really large market. So what you're actually saying is if we had a glass building with a, uh, with a, a, a colour bond roof, you would basically have it, it being its own power station? Well, the building fabric would be the power, power generator. Mm -hmm. It depends on... Uh, mm -hmm. it, it, it's a power station, and so building becomes a power station. But whether it generates enough to use uh, to, to supply the whole building depends on what goes on in that building. 
but it really is buildings become power stations in their own right. Unbelievable. Gordon, I see Dysol recently raved, raised $5 million from a capital raising with shareholders and, of course, sophisticated investors. Do you think this signals a return of investor interest in this renewable energy and the solar sector, uh, sector in particular? Yeah, look, I, I think the solar sector is starting to re-emerge. You know, it's been through a, a very difficult time. Dysol is not a pure uh, solar PV company because I mentioned earlier that we're a solar enabling technology so we work with things like building materials mm-hmm. uh, but we're, we're, we've been sort of harnessed in, 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 in within that grouping as well yeah. and find a lot of the major uh, solar companies have uh, experienced significant fall in their share price some have survived but I think you'll find the market is really re-emerging from mm-hmm. our, from our mm-hmm. perspective you know the uh, uh, we're doing an SPP in a very difficult market. Uh, it was gratifying to see the support of our shareholders mm. uh, to support the company in its, its endeavours to move further down the path to commercialisation so we get real products out in the market with our partners. Gordon, it appears that it has a uh, brilliant technology and I'm quite sure we'll be interested in following it through. We've been speaking with Gordon Thompson, one of the directors, the original directors of Dysol Limited. Gordon, thanks for being with us and uh, from the listeners of 2NURFM 103.7, thank you very much.